This is a Radio 191 FM podcast. Yes, it is. It's a podcast and you love it. Uh, but right now, um, Truth, as you know, comprising of Andre Fernandez and Tristan Roque, uh, emerged from a buoyant electronic scene in Christchurch in the second half of the noughties, riding a wave of, um, you know, the ever-growing dubstep genre uh, that was just hitting the mainstream club scene. Uh, now back and turning the BPMs up to 170, uh, a new video in tow for their late, from their latest EP. And Tristan joins us now. Morena to you. Uh, Morena to you, my friend. How are we today? Oh, doing great, man. Lovely morning here in Christchurch. Nice, it's nice. Great, but yeah, nice, nice. That's all right. That's all right. We're used to it this time of year. Exactly. Um, right, you've got this new video out for Pass Me By, um, and that came off an EP that was a bit of a, a bit of represented a bit of a shift, quite a bit of a shift towards, um, you know, uh, drum and bass, I guess. Um, yeah. So. How was that much of it? How was that? Was it quite challenging? Because you know you've been making dubstep for so many years, but you know I, I guess you're also um, living within that realm. Um, you know you've yeah. been making music with without beats and other drum and bass outfits for years as well. So um, how was it taking that on and um, and producing that EP? Uh, well, I mean it wasn't um, as big a challenge as you might imagine. Um, Partly because uh, before Dre and I started Truth, it started making dubstep, we were also using drum and bass, and um, we promoted a lot of gigs here in Christchurch, about 200 or something nationals we brought over to Christchurch uh, as a promoter, and at the same time we are focused on our production. Yeah. Um, so we kind of drew, drew on that a little bit. Also, over the course of the last, I guess, 12 years of, 13 years of Truth now, uh, we have actually released quite a few tracks in the 170 BPM realm but not really drawing, not really drawing bass as much as the more sort of half time yeah. uh, stuff um, so a lot, a lot of the music on that EP were tracks we'd started over the course of the last few years and with obviously the pandemic last year and everything shutting down all of our shows being cancelled etc it felt like a good time to release the music that um our sort of usual DJ fan base who would be playing music mm-hmm. wouldn't really it wouldn't really matter to release something that's uh, out of their tempo range, <laughs> yeah. and and something that we've wanted to do for a while, um, but we've always just kind of eked out tracks here and there on, on various EPs and albums as opposed to doing full release. So and then yeah, as you mentioned, the upbeats we did, did an EP with them a couple of years ago, which I guess you could see as a little bit of a precursor, although quite a different style. Yes. This one's a lot more melodic and sort of deep on the main, you know. So, um, so yeah. Yeah, this track itself. So it was fun. It was, it's just, in the short, i it was fun. <laughs> yeah, good. This track itself is quite liquidy, um, which I really yeah. like, which is great. Yeah. Uh, how's the response been to. Uh, I know it's been out for almost a year now, um, but how was the response? Yeah, I mean, the response was, was, really, was really, really good. Um, I guess that was our main concern was that. Obviously, you know, we have a fan base that expects dubstep and something different, and we don't want to alienate anyone, but no, everyone's just open arms. And mm-hmm. I guess over in the States in particular, where our main sort of fan base is, drum base is big, but it's nowhere near where it is here or in the UK. Yeah. Um, whereas the stuff we're pushing is, you know, it seems like we get quite a crazy following over there. So 
a lot of people were like kind of exposed to it um, which seems really weird being from New Zealand but people in our Facebook group were just like wow this is crazy like now I've got to check out more of John Bates you know, it's like what? which <laughs> is <laughs> <laughs> usually the other way around so yeah. um, that was pretty sweet yeah it's interesting. I mean, drum and bass really never really took a hold on the states ever. I mean, I guess in the early noughties, yeah. um, there were bits and pieces. Um, I mean, it, it's definitely like I would I would agree partially with you and disagree as well because it's definitely had a very solid presence and there have been a lot of you know, long running nights over there and quite a few successful producers, but nothing like here in New Zealand. I mean, no, like, especially now it's become almost mainstream, you know, or I was, not almost, I mean, drum bass is mainstream music, and then Z now, which is, which is fucking awesome, um, but, yeah, it's, I don't know why that would be, but, I mean, let me just try to think of some examples in the States, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, I know like people like the Upbeats will, will play over there, um, and even play pretty big events, like EDC sort of start type size events, but at the same time, don't get that many bookings, you know, compared to Europe, compared to here. Yeah. Australia. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah, it's it's madness here with drum and bass yeah. in New Zealand. I mean, it's probably, in terms of pro- population size, it's probably bigger here than it is in the, in the UK these days. I think so. I mean, to be honest with you, like, even in the early 2000s when we were bringing people over, we walked down, walked down the street with Andy C and, like, drum bass was playing, you know, out of a shoe shop or, you know, out of mm. a barber. Oh yeah, and they'd be like, "What? Yeah. You never hear that." Like in London, walking around, and it's probably changed now. But this was about fifteen or so years ago. They'd just be like, "This is crazy!" You're walking down the main street and you hear drum and bass. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, especially in Chicha. Like, I mean, yeah. you know, you're looking at the times when uh, Fat was huge. Yeah, uh, you know, it was like the. You know, Fat was the biggest festival in the, in the country at the time, I guess, uh, around New Year's. Um, right, but pass me by the video. Two producers in a caravan in the bush. Is that the dream? <laughs> just sitting in the, just, just being in a caravan, just you and uh, Andre, just making, like, not a care in the world, just making music? It is kind of a dream. I mean, the uh, when James and Johnny, who directed and filmed uh, the video, kind of came up with the idea and pitched it to us, they were like, Imagine, like, Breaking Bad, but, like, in New Zealand, and instead of, like, these crazy dudes going off and cooking meth, they're, like, going off into the fucking forest somewhere and trying to make, like, a truth tune. <laughs> this is what happens. And we're like, okay, yep, sounds fucking dope. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That. And then, so they sort of roll with it. But, I mean, yeah, absolutely. My, uh, my big, well, one of my long-term life ambitions would be to have a little tiny piece of land somewhere on the west coast and like put a studio which is just surrounded by forest mm-hmm. and like never leave yeah yeah nice now it's a great video and the cast of it is fantastic i mean um i i, I guess because those two uh, in the video are recognizable now so yeah. you know you know who yeah. they are and you see their face two great uh, kiwis both of them won the billy t james award it is, yeah. Um, yeah, so that, that's absolutely massive. Um, uh, you know, and there's, you know, they're not really talking in it, so, and, and that's what comedians do, but they're being quite hilarious just with their facial expressions and everything else. Yeah, honestly, it was a whole worth, because I didn't know what to expect when we first did the video, uh, you know, before it was fully edited, before it was properly graded, 
and I like was just cracking up the whole way through. <laughs> and I was like, it wasn't what I it wasn't what I had in my head, but I but I really loved it. I was just like, this is <laughs> hilarious. So yeah, it was, I was uh, really happy, and it's nothing that Trey or I would have ever thought of either. Like our branding, our music, everything has been you know we have a label. It's called Deep Dark and Dangerous. Yes. Everything is quite like with darker kind of um, more oh, what's the word I'm looking for it's not, it's not serious it doesn't take stuff too seriously but it's like it's kind of on, on the more yeah deeper darker side yeah so that was a nice it's a nice refreshing change for us to see that and be like wicked like, <laughs> and we put a lot into it so it's, it's been pretty, pretty yeah sweet. well it came out really good it's a fantastic video um, and I implore everybody go to YouTube or your social media to find that video there. Um, yeah, Andre's in the States, um, in a small town in the States at the moment in Washington. Um, I thought he'd been yeah. there for a long time, but now he's up, up in Washington State. Um, you know, maybe he's trying to get a little bit closer to the weather that we're used to here <laughs> in the South Island, perhaps. Dude, you've literally nailed it. Like, like, 100%. Really? He's in LA being like, it hasn't rained here for months. Fucking sucks. <laughs> <laughs> gonna go to He's like, I love the rain. I miss the rain. And then he moves to up there. And um, for the first month, he's like, it still hasn't rained. It's supposed to be, everyone said it'll be wet and gloomy. And it's been really nice. <laughs> <laughs> but, but seriously, though, he, he was in LA. And, you know, obviously, there are really good reasons for being in a place like LA as a musician. And he's, I mean, obviously, seen a lot of benefits from it. But yeah. during the lockdown, when he didn't leave the house, literally for five or six months, you know. Um, he, yeah, he was just, there's no point being here, you know. Yeah, yeah. Paying insane amounts of rent to, you know, to be stuck in the middle of the smog, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And now he's in the middle of nature, in a beautiful spot. Um, yeah, he's, and he's been there for, well, in the States for at least 10 years now, I think. Yes, so. that's right. That's right, a um, long time. Yeah, he basically lives there. I mean, he does, he lives there, but... Um, hopefully one of these days actually gets you know residency or something because right now right now he's a resident but uh, every couple of years he has to do a new visa process and it's like he lives there guys Come yeah on, yeah yeah <laughs> um, but yeah interesting small town but it's not far from Portland and I imagine it's not far from Seattle so he's probably alright but um, you know yeah. pe- people back here probably don't know and you mentioned it before with the states how successful you were over there or how big dubstep was I mean uh, I guess the biggest dubstep artist ever was Skrillex, um, so mm. you kind of know that. But um, yeah, I mean it's huge there, right? It is huge, and it, I mean it's the same everywhere in the way that scenes move and change and evolve. Yeah. And but yeah, the way the US scene has has changed is that when we first went there, it was quite small. You know, we'd be playing in quite small clubs and really, really dedicated to head scene of heads. Then a year later, or two years later, Skrillex, all those guys kind of blow up. All the old school heads just, like, stopped going to gigs and weren't interested anymore. Mm-hmm. Understandably. Yeah. Because um, it wasn't what they signed up for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The same thing that happened in Europe. Um, and I guess the, the difference in the States was that for a couple of years, the scene did become quite small. And around the time we moved there, the stuff we are doing wasn't huge. And a lot of people said, oh, why aren't you guys going to Europe or going to the UK? And we said, you know, we see a bigger opportunity going to the States. You know, there's more of a chance to make things like pop off over there. Yeah. 
um, which was a big gamble. But and over a few years of being pretty broke, it was like this isn't, isn't working out. <laughs> but <laughs> after about 2014, um, when the broke set stuff started to die down, music like trap started to get quite big, mm-hmm. and, and you know, later on as well, I feel like a lot of people who got into that more bro stiffy kind of Skrillexy type sound either moved on somewhere else or went into something like Trap which is very bass heavy um, or sort of went deeper into the roots of the sound and that was our kind of core fan base that started to really grow yeah. um, and then I mean it's been a while since then but it's been growing steadily ever since and in the last I don't know two or three years what they call it over there deep dub but it's just it's just dubstep yeah uh, as far as we're concerned it has just got has just blown up and um it's really cool and there's like a lot of really cool new producers coming out of the states there's, mm-hmm. a, there's also a big resurgence in the uk as well yeah a lot of really really good music coming out of the uk and i'm sure a lot of the listeners will know um but yeah from our perspective um Trey being in the states has been amazing um and it, for me i go over there every six months usually and spend, spend some time making music and also doing some shows and it always really spins me out because you know I go to a festival like Shambhala Festival in BC Canada and when I see like you know the sheer amount of people wearing a DVD t-shirt or with a flag or whatever it is and it's just like whoa okay I know Dre says to me oh yeah like people are really into it but then I see it in real life and I was like whoa this is crazy like way more than I expected yeah 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 um, so it's a nice little reset for me because I'm here in New Zealand where you know it's uh, definitely more of an underground scene yes yeah but when, amazing support you know when you but when you two started making dubstep it was pretty much you know I mean I remember around that time in the late noughties you go yeah. to a bus street and you know undertow would be playing or something like that and it would you know that was the sound at the time oh yeah no it was absolutely banging i mean especially in dunedin um yeah we'd come down to shows in dunedin at like places like and you know eventually places like sammy's would be like packed out yeah for a dubstep show of all the new zealand like optimus grime and us or something like that and it'd be like whoa like this is popping and i think that's a big indicator of i think dunedin in particular is like an indicator of kind of what's trending yeah. musically and fashion and everything else and so you know when dubstep first blew up and became quite big in New Zealand in Dunedin it was like the biggest yeah and then yeah. Um, a few years later when dubstep was super not cool anymore coming to Dunedin and you'd be like you're struggling to have 200 people at a gig and whereas in Christchurch it would still kind of be trucking on um, it's more of like a, it's like the canary in the mine shaft. <laughs> but you're right because drum and bass started to get big here again about four years ago. Yeah, you know, yeah. And, and now we've you know you see how it is today. Um, yeah. And you know, if, if you know, four years ago, three years ago, every person on Castle Street had a sound system in the house, and they're all having big drum and bass parties, and they still yeah. are. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, and you know, and no doubt you, you mentioned before in so, how things are s- cyclical. Yeah, uh, and, and you know, and if it goes the way it used to go, dubstep will be up next again, I guess. Yeah, and and what's also interesting, of course, is that yes, it is cyclical, but it's not like it repeats itself. You know, yeah, it's not like the same people are coming back around for the second. Sometimes there are obviously the long people that are stuck in there for the long run, but what I've noticed in the UK and places like that is that there's always exciting new producers and new DJs and like new lights popping up, but like the same things being recycled for nostalgia. Yeah, and I'm sure it'll be the same 
here in New Zealand. I mean, it already is the case. There's already some amazing um, talent out there in in New Zealand, and um, you know, all over the place. So, yeah, some quite impressive stuff being done. Mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. pretty cool, actually. I, mean, I, I just ran into Heaven the other day at um, at the airport, and he was talking about all, all his projects. He's working on with Alex Ruiz and like his, his next few releases coming out. And I mean, he's just typically nice iceberg. You know? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, speaking of talent, um, you've got some vocal talent, like pretty much an unofficial third member of Truth yeah. appearing on uh, this track again. Can you tell us a little bit about Phoebe? Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. Um, Phoebe, aka Lara Fells, um, she's a she's a vocalist, obviously for, for our tracks. She's also a really talented uh, like pianist, keyboardist um, who studied um, at jazz school and didn't even study vocal, uh, but she just got really into it. Um, so yeah, she's actually based in Christchurch. She's a her day job is interpreting uh, sign well deaf sign language into deaf or other way around. Sorry, <laughs> for deaf people. Yeah, so translating spoken word into sign language. That's yeah. So she's an amazing, like awesome person, and um, she's worked on a lot of tracks with us. Um, and the cool thing is because I'm based in Christchurch, she's based in Christchurch. It's quite easy for her just to zip around to the studio and um, record, come up with some ideas, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. We're currently sort of talking about doing like a live stream together where we, you know, do a bunch of stuff kind of semi live or she sings live. I play some instruments and DJ as well. Yeah. Um, but I mean, she's an epic. And, and she's really, I haven't worked with many other artists. She's done a couple of tracks, one with Jay Kenzo, um, some with Youngster. But apart from that, she's been pretty. Exclusive, and I think that's partly because she's so busy interpreting uh, own language. Yes, yes, yeah. <laughs> as you would be, because her mother, yeah. her mother um, is deaf, I believe. So that's how she um, got into that. That's correct. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. and you guys—it's been seven years, I think. You've been making music together, so that's pretty impressive. Well, yeah, I didn't even know that, but that's probably about right. Yeah, you yeah. Two thousand fourteen to... on that record that came out then. Oh, what was it called? I forget now. I shouldn't forget these things, but I'm terrible Hello, at remembering. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, amazing. And and just quickly, you mentioned um, you you mentioned live streaming. Then um, mm-hmm. that's something that uh, I think electronic music has done best through lockdown. Um, yeah. You know, um, they have the shows are actually getting a lot of views. It's crazy, man. Yeah. I, after a couple of weeks of lockdown, um, some of our streams are getting like five thousand people tuned in at once. Like, mm. And we were we were we were using we were streaming on Twitch uh, weekly for about eighteen months before the pandemic really hit, and we were like, "Yeah, this is going great. We're getting like 50, 60 people tuned in. Yeah, and it's just like awesome. You know, it's this platform that we haven't really don't know too much about, but we've really like invested in it. And then yeah, within within about three weeks of all the gigs being cancelled, some of our streams were just yeah like we were doing like ten hour streams with an average of three or four thousand people over the whole ten hours locked in. I mean that's <laughs> that's like playing at a big festival. Yeah. On a big stage. Yeah. It's um, crazy. And also being able to and what, what I love about streaming is the interactivity of it. You know, being able to see in real time people's comments and reactions and what music they're really feeling or the vibes that they're, you know, bringing. And what actually another thing that's really cool is that because it's been a year now, all these people that well, first of all, only ever heard of us because of streaming. 
secondly, only met half their friends via like the Twitch chat, <laughs> and they're now like going on road trips together and hanging out and like doing stuff. And it's like, you know, that's nice. And, and, I, and I see it over because I do like three streams a week. Between Dre and I, would do three streams a week, and some of them are pretty chill. Like I do one on Fridays where I literally play records and drink tea and you know, talk shit with people. And so I get like a quite insight into their personal lives. These people that I've never met, but I know, you know, I know this guy. One guy grows weed in Alaska. I know this other chick's a photographer. <laughs> you know, like, it's, um, like, yeah, it's, it's a really interesting sort of relationship. It's not just a one-way thing. Yeah, yeah. Some great things have come out of the pandemic. I mean, it's been terrible, but um, you know, some nice things like that have come out. So it's Probably. great. And, yeah. and the memeability of some stuff has just been crazy. Like there was a thing called Plant for a while, which which started on one of our streams. And then within a few weeks, like, Dirty Bird was filling out merch with, like, <laughs> word plamp on it, which means literally nothing mean anything. It came from a stream where there was a guy with a lava lamp, a guy with no pants, and a guy with a bunch of plants. And it's like, they combined all of them together, like, no pants, plants, <laughs> lava lamp became plants. And, it was just, and then all of a sudden, it's just, you know, there's mainstream, pretty much mainstream dance tracks referencing it. And... <laughs> Like really, <laughs> it was just on our second uh, quarantine session stream. Like, how did that? How did that even happen? You need to trademark that, man. Ah, uh, yeah. I mean, you expect the thing. You know, it's like a bastard child. You can't really control it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Better go do its own thing. <laughs> brilliant, brilliant. Hey, well, um, thanks for taking the time out to speak to us this morning. Dude, all good. Oh, one more thing I should definitely mention. Yeah, is um, we are apart from this music video. There will be a truth album dropping. Ah, yes, that was the next question. Which people should definitely keep an eye out for. But, but I should just throw that in there at the end. Yep, good, 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 <laughs> good. So that because well, I was going to ask what's next for truth, and now we yeah, know. What's next, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, yeah. That. A, a big new album. It's going to be uh, two vinyls. Oh wow! It's um, you don't yeah, double it's, albums. I mean, it's a bit more introspective than the uh, than what people might be used to. Oh, nice. I like this. You, 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 you two love your double albums. Is it going to be Gatefold? It, it actually is, yes. Yeah, nice. <laughs> nice. I like that. Hey, um, yeah. absolute pleasure. Yeah. Absolute pleasure. So Thank you and so like, much. I really enjoyed talking to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've really enjoyed it too. So everyone, check out the video for Pass Me By on YouTube. Check it out. You can find it on Truth Social Media. So head up there, Facebook, Instagram, that kind of stuff. Yeah. It literally premiered whilst we were talking. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's a good watch. It's, it's great. And we'll keep an eye out for uh, that album. And we'll, we'll no doubt chat again when that drops. No, sorry, brother. All right. We're pretty good to chat. And, uh, yeah, hopefully we'll catch up soon. Yeah, have a great day, man. Thank you so yeah, you much. Too. Cheers. Right. Peace. All right. That was Trishnan from Truth. They've got a new album on the way, uh, but they've just released a new video for a single that was off their 2020 EP. Uh, it's called Pass Me By. Check out the video online, but here is the single now, which you can't watch because this is radio. But you can watch it on your, at your own leisure. You're on the one, 91FM. There's heaps more at r1.co.nz.